It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. See Salami in for Stink as uh, Stink is a busy, busy morning. Uh, getting ready to visit with the uh, Bears people, calling Bears and Lions this weekend for Fox. Avalanche playing and losing last night to Winnipeg. Four to two, a, a night in which Jared Bednar's team was, well, climbing uphill all night. It's kind of the way the game went for us tonight. It's, I don't know if it's tired, lack of focus, a little bit of both, but I mean, there's plays to be made in, in certain instances in the game, and we, we didn't make them. That's for sure. Uh, three, really, even on all four goals, just some some defensive breakdowns, some shoddy play, some mistakes made. Um, that led directly to to Winnipeg goals. And the Avalanche just not getting enough offense, Cecil. It, it happens over the course of a, a long 82-game season. You don't necessarily make too big of a deal of it because we're still only, what, uh, 26 games into the season. There's a long way to go. Right, but, right. But right now you're talking about a team that has uh, lost four of its last five and uh, in that process has scored three, three, one, three and two goals. Yeah, it's a bit of a blip here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but didn't it just seem like anything they tried didn't work? Like, you had power play opportunities, you had opportunities to get things done, and any sort of pass, any sort of play, like, nothing came together. It was one of those nights where no matter what you did, it wasn't going to work. Yeah, they're struggling on the power play, been in a bit of a slump there. Uh, The only good news is Nathan McKinnon continues to just play at a Hart Trophy MVP level as he has now got at least one point in all of their home games this season. Next on the Morning Brew, Jerry Judy on dealing with frustration. It definitely be challenging, but you got to know there's like there's a lot more game to be left and to be played. So you just got to finish finish the game strong and just not focus on the last play. And hopefully, next play or the next drive, you you feel me, you get your opportunity. So you came out this morning and said, "Hey, regardless of what happened last week, Sean Payton can't be shy. Right? Can't. He's got to fight that." That instinct to just go back and be vanilla this week against the Chargers. Yes. That the Chargers represent too good of an opportunity to throw the football against. Then, if that's going to be the case, I think you have to take almost a basketball-type approach with Jerry Judy. Right. With the idea that sometimes as a point guard, you start a game saying, okay, I'm going to make sure I get this guy going. It's my goal tonight. we got to get right. this guy, and we run some early plays for him. Let's get him some touches. Let's get him into the game. Let's get that first shot to go down so he feels confident after that. Th- that, I think, is is the approach you got to take with, with Jerry Judy. The key to the postseason is Jerry Judy. Key Y'all may not, the key oh, to the postseason okay. is Jerry Judy. Y'all may not like to hear that. And what you do is exactly what you used to do, and he's never been as productive as Demarius. God rest his soul. We all love Demarius. But remember Demarius? They'd be like, hey, we're going to run your play, and they'd get him going early, and then he'd take over. Now, Jerry Judy hasn't done that, although last year at the end of the year, how does Jerry Rossberg figure out Jerry Judy? And then Sean Payton struggles with that. Sean Payton loves Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy has matured over the years. And that answer that he gave about frustration, play the damn Russell Wilson answer. When Russ was asked about Jerry Judy being frustrated, he's like, well, Jerry's a good player. And I'm going to start listing things like, Russ, just give us an answer, dude. Just be a human, okay? Jerry Judy a lot more authentic with his answer yesterday. And by, by the way, I don't have a problem with, with Cortland Sutton being 
Russ's favorite target. There's plenty of examples of that in around football. Right. But, and if in some of those big situations and clutch situations, you just happen to trust Sutton, fine. I get that. But you got to find a way to get Judy more involved. Well, and everybody knows it's going to Sutton, and I don't want to give too much away, but that last play, the Lucas Kroll interception, you know who that was supposed to go to? Cortland Sutton. I'm guessing... Wink, wink, nod, nod. Don't get mad at me, Broncos. But, like, that last play was supposed to be to Sutton. And everybody knows that. Get Judy involved. You'd be surprised. Next on the Morning Brew, Patrick Sertan. I'm going up against Keenan Allen. I believe they move him around to succeed in the offense. He's a very crafty route runner. He's very smart and decisive. So, you know, it's always going to be a challenge going up against him. You know, just a veteran receiver like that. This statistic blows my mind. Keenan Allen has 138 targets. Okay? <laughs> you talk about the Broncos it's being... Week 14. You talk about the Broncos being reliant on... Or Russ being reliant on Sutton. Check this out. Right. Keenan Allen has 138 targets. The next closest receiver in targets, Joshua, Joshua Palmer with 39. 138 yes. to 39. A hundred more targets for the next closest wide receiver. Yeah. And yet, he's producing 102 catches on those 138 targets. Seven touchdowns, which I guess kind of begs the question, when you know the ball is going to this guy, how does he continue to get open? Yeah, because he's savvy. He's dominant at the position. And tell me you don't know football when you talk about Pat Sertan struggling against Nico Collins because... Uh, in watching the film, the Nico Collins stuff that he did last week wasn't on Sertan. That was defensive breakdowns um, and zone concepts that led to Collins having that big day. Can you answer this, though, for me? Mm. Why Why can't Patrick Sertan just follow Keenan Allen all around the field? They should. That should be the, well, that well, should have been the plan for also Nico, well, but they didn't the do that. What's the idea behind that? Does it just it messes with the structure of our defense or well, whatever? Well, you're exposing the other players in your secondary. Even though we can praise what Fabian Rowe has done in replacement of Damari Mathis, even though we can praise Jaquan McMillan, one of my favorite Broncos players, we also know that those guys can be exposed, right? If you're moving Sertan around, you're putting a lot of pressure on those two, and that's something Vance Joseph wants to avoid at certain times. Yeah, but if I see Keenan Allen with 10 catches for 130 yards on Sunday and eight of those catches come against somebody other than Patrick Sertan, right. I'm going to be pissed. No, move Sertan with I mean, Come on. You, you know going in, he's the, the focal point, and you still allow him to get going without your best guy on him. That would be upsetting. Next on the morning brew, we're... We all Patriots last night? Patriots in foreign territory. They didn't even get inside the Chargers 30 last week. Floats a pass here. The Z dives. Touchdown. I mean, go figure. They played 60 minutes at home last week. Don't score. Don't come close to scoring. And just like that, off the bat, 75 yards and eight plays to take the lead. TNT, uh, excuse me, uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime there with the uh, with the call, Al Michaels. Checked out Al Michaels. Checked out. I'm here for checked out Al Michaels. Checked it's out, awesome. Checked out Al Michaels. Yeah. But the the the, the uh, Patriots at uh, two and ten knock off the Steelers in the span of uh, what a week. The Steelers have lost to two win Arizona, yep. two win New England. Yep. Steelers are seven and six. 
Patriots gave the Broncos a lot of help yesterday. Yes, they did. A lot of help. Yes, they did. And that's the thing when you start Mitchell Trubisky and you trot him out there. And the God's honest truth is you've got a cluster of these teams like the Steelers, like the Bills, like the Browns, like the Broncos. We are going to find out over the next five games who's legit and who's fake. And the Steelers are looking more fake. I believe now the Broncos' playoff chances just by the Steelers losing last night uh, jumped up close to 40%. And if they win on Sunday, jumps up over 50%. Right, right. You control your own destiny, and that's the good news about the Denver Broncos. So go out there and control it. The Chargers are beatable. Hell, the Lions are beatable. Now, you, you talked about winning four in the next five, baby. What did I tell you last week? What did I tell you last week? 11-6 and six is a possibility. So win them all. Well, you also had 12 and 5. Was, was, well, yeah. you, know, you were talking 12 and 5. I'm and just doing knock I, one I, off each I week. I quickly talked you off that, that, <laughs> that precipice. But Bailey Zappi, three touchdown passes against the uh, mighty steel curtain. That'll do it for the morning. Brew bring that to you each and every morning at 630.